the antidote is being visited by the Rose Hill. Can each of you introduce yourselves and tell us what your role is in the band? I'm Steve. I play the guitar. I'm Tiffany, and I play bass. I'm Corey, and I play guitar. I'm Aaron. I play drums. I'm Bethany, and I do the vocals. I'm Kevin, and I play guitar. Now, I have to explain how I first heard of the Rose Hill. I was at Cornerstone in 2012, mm. and I saw this guy with a cardboard box hanging from his neck on a lanyard. So I stopped the talk, and he pulled a CD out of the box, and the cover showed a girl with her face and arms raised up to heaven. And I explained that I wasn't really into praise and worship music. But, of course, I found out your band is far from being a straight worship band. Like, you're not trying to mislead people with your album covers, are you? <laughs> not intentionally. I mean, we we definitely represent, you know, a Christian band, I guess. But, I, I mean, not intentionally. We're just, we're really artsy people. So we try to, like, get that across in our albums. And I know that, like, the hardcore genre in general is all about, like, blood and people like i don't know heads of animals and whatever being on the covers of cds but we're just not about that block letters block letters <laughs> we, we like to try to portray us because the us in this band is not uh the typical the hardcore typical. people we all kind of have different backgrounds and many of those are not anywhere near related to hardcore <laughs> <laughs> then why the choice to become a hardcore band um, I guess that's, it's in our blood. I don't know. Like, um, when I started the band with Kevin and Steve, we were trying to figure out a direction and it just gradually got heavier as we were moving along. Cause I can't sing whatsoever. And I just felt like screaming was just kind of like the calling for me. So it worked out really well. Christian hardcore is dominated by men. And that puts you Beth in sort of an unusual position as the screamer for the Rose Hill. Have you ever been looked down upon that for taking that role? Uh, yes. Um, it's so male-dominated. I've had people come up to me and be like, well, I wasn't sure because you're a girl and you're in a metal band. It could go either way because there's not many of us. But the best compliment <laughs> I ever got, um, we had played with um, Impending Doom up in Dayton, Ohio. And he looked at me after we played and he said, you frightened me. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I was just like, well, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> That's one you can put up on the rack then. Yeah. Having a compliment like that from impending doom. Yeah. <laughs> An unusual edge to the music of the Rose Hill is your use of a guitar. You got to admit, that's an odd choice for a metalcore band. So how did that all come about? Um, well, basically, I have only played keys and pianos like my whole life. It's the only instrument I play. And uh, me and Kevin were in a band prior to this one uh, called Killing Calypso. And uh, I played keys in that band, too. Um, actually, guitar, because uh, right around the time I joined the band, uh, Showbread had just kind of blown up. Right. And we also we knew a band locally that had a guitar in their band. And I, I had been around the guys when they were writing all their music, because I wasn't actually in the band yet. And uh, I sort of learned some of the melodies on keys. And so then... Finally, uh, our vocalist at the time said to go ahead and try to figure out a way to join the band. So the guitar was kind of getting bigger on then. So we're, I, we were like, hey, let's do it. So my parents actually bought the guitar, and then I bought uh, just a little rack mount synth to use with it. And, uh, you know, played a first show. At this point, it's been, gosh, almost nine years, I think. And uh, I've just been in two bands with uh, Kevin ever since because we, we had this. We had a Killing Calypso, which has been done for a while, and that sort of turned into what we're doing now with the Rose Hill. That's sort of the background, I guess. Uh, 
I've played keys. I've always played keys. So it's pretty much how I contribute. I know you're never supposed to ask this question, but why did you choose the Rose Hill? <laughs> well, we we were signed on to an independent label at one point, and when we got signed on, we were actually called the Epidemic, and uh, that name was just kind of a copyright disaster, honestly, because there were so many Epidemics or the Epidemic or what have you. There's just so many bands out there with something Epidemic in their name, so. When we signed on, they said you should really, you know, honestly consider changing your name. So we had sat down about it and we wanted it to be something that, you know, embodied what we were about and just kind of like shared our story and everything all in one. And we came up with the Rose Hill just because it means love at the cross. Right. Now, the record label you signed to, that was Sacrosanct? Yes. Are they still in existence? (laughs) That's a good question. As far um, as we know. As far as we know, they are. We were signed on for um, about three and a half years, and we um, produced two full lengths out of them, and then our contract was over. So, Okay, so that might be in the history books now. Yeah. <laughs> we fulfilled the contract, and uh, the future is the future. Yep. Yeah, we're just ready to move on. We're ready for what's next. So. So what is next? Just going to remain as independent? You look for a new label? What's the story? Um, we were like two years old at the time that we got signed. And um, even then, we weren't really looking. It's always been a, you know, if, if that's God's plan, it's God's plan. And if it happens, then, you know, most certainly, you know, it would be taken into heavy consideration. So I don't really know where we're at right now. I, I hope that a major label is around the corner. But, you know, if not, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. You've had some practice at that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Six years. That is. That's a long stretch for a lot of bands. Yeah. We've had a lot of consistency, too. I mean, we've had member changes, but they haven't been uh, they haven't been awful. You know, a lot of bands go through a lot of member changes, and we, we've been pretty solid for, for quite some time now. Well, let's speak a little bit more about that. How does member changes in a band affect the, the sound of the music? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it it depends on the instrument but in its direct impact, but most certainly it affects it entirely, no matter what it is. You don't know who the new member is going to be, like what their influences are and, you know, what they're going to bring to the table. And everyone in this band is influenced differently. And we all have a, a voice and contribution to what we do, and we each feed off of each other. So you switch one out and the feed is just entirely different. So it really is a group effort, all of your music. Oh, yeah, completely. I know that so many bands, it's sort of a one-person band, and then you've got everybody else who's sort of following along, which always seems to be unfortunate. It's sort of an unequal amount of input. So it's nice to hear that from you guys. It's, you know, if Kevin's writing something, and Corey can add to it and kind of mix it together, and then Steve comes in with like a guitar lead, and uh, me and Aaron and Tiffany just kind of, you know, put our input in there as well. I mean, we all have to feed off of each other. It just won't work otherwise. What's the focus of the lyrics by the Rose Hill? Um, I have always written the lyrics based off experiences, Um, either my own or fans we've come in contact with that want to share their story. And it's inspiration for me. A lot of with all that I am was just pure experience and just me coming into my my own walk. And with Powerless, it was more driven off the fact that, you know, we truly are powerless without God. And every song that I wrote on that album is kind of like an experience of what that would be like without God. 
Christian artists typically shy away from covering difficult topics, but Beth, you really poured out both your soul and your past on the new single, Offender. Can you fill us in about that song? Uh, yeah, that song, um, let's just say it was a long time coming. Um, our friend Jamie approached us about a year, or approached me rather, about a year and a half ago, um, wanting to start up a, an organization in Cincinnati, Ohio called A Voice for the Innocent. And he wanted to do that because he was sexually abused throughout his entire life. And uh, I was totally behind the project. And when he started it, he definitely wanted like bands to jump behind it, you know, because music is such a powerful form of expression to get topics like this, you know, a voice. And uh, he wanted to do this compilation. And he was like, you know, I need you guys to do this. I, I really need, you know, your story. So... As hard as it was, it, it took me months to write it and sit down with it and, you know, just kind of revisit that time that, that it all happened. But as hard as it was, it was just kind of like a driving point that, okay, we're, we're going to open the door to help people. We're going to open this voice that's been too quiet for so long. And I just let it all out. Do you find that's healing or is that an emotional struggle for you? Uh, it's a little bit of both, actually. We've played the song a handful of times now out live and uh it can go either way you know you're fine with it and you're performing the song and you feel great about it and then the next time you perform it it's like oh man i just don't even want to think about this right now but having the fan response you know either they message me personally or they message us you know on the band page or they come up to us after the show and the fan response has just been incredible there's so many people that I would have never imagined that's been going through the same thing or had gone through the same thing, and they, uh, they're just really touched by the song. So that in itself is healing for me, just knowing that it's helping someone else out. And I think everybody should be thanking you for doing that. <laughs> I just I wanted to do it for more of just to help. It's, it's not anything else than... You know, I, I didn't want someone to be like, oh, you know, praising me for it or anything. I just, I wanted to, to try and be a help. Now, one song that really grabbed me on your Powerless album is A Sinner's Plea. Tell us about the lyrics and why you felt drawn to record that song. Uh, gosh, that song was, um, I guess from a music standpoint, we were like, we just need to get something out that's going to be like, you know, really catchy and really driving and... Um, I was reading, you know, my word and everything, and I, I was just thinking about the place we should be, you know, as sinners, but as Christians as well. Like, the place we should be is just to leave it to God and try and help when we can and try and be the best portrayal of, you know, Christ's love that we can. So I tried to put that all in the song, and, you know, there's so much negativity out there with people and, like, wanting revenge and what have you, and there's just so much hate and everything, and I just... My main point for that song was just to realize that, you know, revenge is God's. Like, you have to give that to God. You can't just hold on to that because it, it'll just end up destroying you. So we all have to be united in it. We have, as a Christian band, you know, we all have to feel that way. We all have to uh, just come together and be a team. And I, I just really wanted that to be a, a song where you give it to God and remember who's who he is. So it's not vengeance's mine, saith the Rose Hill. No, <laughs> no. Um Via the lyrics, it says before that, it says, for he said, revenge is his and his alone. Who am I to avenge on my own? And naturally, a hardcore band with a chant that just kind of took over. And um, it, it's really fun. It's a really fun part to do. But if you really dive into the lyrics, that's that's what it's all about. 
Did you actually try to go for a bit of a style change, you know, comparison with all that I am to Powerless? Were you trying to tone down some of the melodic elements? I think it was part of the transition because when we finished with, with All That I Am, we immediately lost two members and then shortly followed a third, right? Yeah. Um, drummer, bass, came guitar. in like so, halfway, it's like the songwriting process. And then, yeah, yeah to have, I mean, as far as starting out fresh with writing all together, yeah. having three new people. Yeah, at that time, the, the, a lot of the writing, I think, started during With All That I Am was really like guitar driven uh, during that, that point in time. Like the, the three string players kind of got together and really... Uh, you know, put our heads together during that time. And then we had a few songs left to complete, and that's when Corey kind of jumped in. And uh, we kind of finished that album out. But then we lost our uh, our drummer and our bassist right when we com- the finished recording. So truly, it was uh, maybe not fully intentional to change droughts, but kind of like we were talking about earlier, by, by nature of us switching individuals who were responsible for the writing process, um, it naturally changed into uh, into the new band that we had become. But now the release of Offender doesn't mean that the Rose Hill is back in the studio for another album, correct? Uh, no. No, that's purely a single at this time. And um, we did it, you know, to be a part of A Voice for the Innocent, their compilation. And um, we did it as a free download so everybody can get their hands on it. And honestly, we, we got a new drummer in May, so we're just kind of trying to figure out our next style. I think I kind of typically refer to the song kind of as a pivot point for the band. I don't necessarily think that it portrays what we have done, nor does it exactly portray what we're going to do in the future. But it was a good transition point for the band uh, to kind of sit back and reflect on what the past was and what our future means. You brought up the point that Offender's available as a free download. And where can people pick that up? Uh, Right now you can get it on our Reverb Nation. And uh, that's available on our Facebook and it is also available on Amazon MP3. And uh, unfortunately, iTunes and Spotify and all them, they don't actually do free downloads right now. So we'll have them available at our shows. And by all means, if anybody emails me, I'll send it to them. Now, I was watching a YouTube video about your tour this year. And I realized that one of the band members has a major drinking problem. <laughs> you care to, ex- care to explain? Well... That is um that is uh, merch guys at their finest, honestly. Um our our merch guys are just they're goofy, they keep us on our toes, they keep us awake at night, and um they're just great. So they came up with this whole idea that they were going to do the milk challenge. That's to drink a whole gallon of milk within a short period of time without vomiting. And as you can tell by our video, that didn't really pan out. <laughs> so it's scientifically impossible. And we kept explaining this to him. It's, it was our friend Chris McKinney of a band uh, Gnashing of Teeth here out of Dayton. He, he was convinced that, no, I can do it. I, I know I can do this. So he bought a half gallon. He's like, okay, I feel good. So we went back in the store and he bought another half gallon. And it was like, I could do this. And he got like a quarter of the way through that one. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that the worst is that you have an hour to take the challenge and he did it it in about 10 minutes and so (laughs) it's not really surprised that it didn't work out for (laughs) oh the fun you get to have on tour yeah (laughs) yeah i I like that that particular video i always like to say that that was a that's tour from the eyes of the rose hill yeah you can see like three quarters of the video was was those two yeah chris and caleb 
I do most of the driving, but uh, they do a really good job at keeping me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> How do people pick up merch from the Rose Hill? Go to our Facebook page and go to the store and order some shirts and yeah. CDs and... We also accept gas cards. We do. Yes, we <laughs> accept and gas steak cards. and shake gift cards. We accept those as well. Um, for a mailing address, just email the Rose Hill at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. That is true. That's a great plug for the band. <laughs> hey, Spoken got someone's gift card. That's true. At, uh, at the underground. That's true. Matt got, he just said, hey, who has some gift cards? And a bunch of people held gift cards up. He's like, all right, pass them up. Pass them up right now. Like, all right, thanks. And put them in his pocket. So. Yeah, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> the Rose Hill has been spending some time with the antidote. Thanks to all of you for speaking with us. Bye. 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 Thanks. Thanks, the antidote. Ha, 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 ha.